11 o'clock hour here on Cody and Gold. Alex Gold, Cody Tap, Nick Schwartz with you. We'll get to the trash of the day coming up in about 20 minutes or so. But if you're just joining us, the news out in the last 10 minutes or so, the neutral site has been determined by the NFL. If it's a big if, if the Bills win two games, if the Chiefs win their divisional round game, then the AFC title game against Buffalo would be a neutral site in Atlanta. That was rumored for the last 24, 48 hours or so. It has now been confirmed and officially announced by the NFL. The Chiefs would be playing in Atlanta in that scenario. To talk more about that, we welcome in former Chiefs wide receiver. Of course, part of the Chiefs radio network. You'll hear him come to divisional round weekend at Arrowhead along with Mitch Holtis and Josh Klingler, Dan Israel on the Chiefs radio network. And tonight, players only starting at 6 o'clock last week. They had uh, Tom Ali on the show. Dayton, what's going on, man? What do you make of uh, Atlanta potentially could be a neutral site if we have a neutral site game? Yeah, I mean, I don't have a problem with it. I think it's, uh, I mean, I would have liked Nashville. I think I kind of made that clear. Um, I thought Nashville would have been easier to drive to for both teams. Still relatively warm, but some, you know, I I thought outdoors, grass, I thought it would have been nice, but I don't know if there were conflicts or if Nashville didn't want to sign up for that, but you know, Atlanta is a good second option. I, I was definitely against going all the way out west to Vegas uh, and anywhere, like I think they said Chicago and other places that are like dumpster fire fields yeah. and stadiums. So, like, I feel like Atlanta, I guess, is a, is a great option. And hopefully we don't have to get to that point. Um, and we'd love to host another AFC championship, obviously, at GEHA Field and Arrowhead Stadium. If that's how it has to unfold, I get it. It's cool. It's going to be a little bit weird, Danon, to be the one seed and then realize that your path could be play a game at Arrowhead, fly over to Atlanta, and then head over to Arizona. It just feels like <laughs> if that's the way it works, it's going to end up being one of those stories that you just kind of never forget from a you were the number one seed, went to three cities in four weeks, and still had to do it that way. Yeah, I mean it, it's definitely uncharted territory, and it. But I think it's kind of cool. It's a kind of a cool nuance. And let's face it, this whole playoff run, you know, specifically from week 18 on, is not normal. I mean, considering what happened with the Bills and the Bengals, and what the NFL overall had to endure, um, and the players and the families and the the uh, the fear that transpired from that from every player as well as their family. Uh, like I said previously, I, it was a bigger deal than just football. And I think there were some ancillary, you know, ramifications or effects, after effects that trickle into life of a football player that we still don't know. Like, we still won't see those, how that unfolds. I mean, there are going to be players that, based on how they experienced Week 18, based on their family structure, based on how their wives and their parents and other people uh, were affected by it, you're going to see some players that are going to retire and be done with football because of that. Um, So I think it's a bigger picture than just the playoffs and the location. That's why uh, here in Chiefs Kingdom, I think we can just kind of just take it, like we just take it in and just realize, hey, if, if if it unfolds that way because it's a bigger picture, then let's just go play football and get it done in Atlanta. So I, I, I see the whole big picture, not just the football part, and I understand it. That's why 
you know, I guess part of me is not going to be upset about if it unfolds that way. When you look at the team as a whole, Dane, and I think it's really interesting from like a narrative standpoint of what people will think about the Chiefs after this postseason run. Obviously, if they go on and win it, it's you did everything and you still lost to this team and they've got two titles and everything that comes with it. But no matter the team they would lose to, I feel like the entire conversation would be like, well, now everyone in the AFC is in it and you're no better than anyone. You lose to the Bengals. They definitely got you. If you lose to the Bills, now they're in the same category as the Bengals as the team who got past you. Lose to the Chargers or the Jags. Now it's the Bills, Bengals, Chargers, or Jags all in the mix with you. I feel like from from a narrative standpoint, the Chiefs have a lot to lose this postseason if they are unable to get through the AFC. Yeah, I'd say uh, from perception-wise, I could understand that. And when you look at it on the big picture, uh, the full landscape, you – have beaten two of the teams and you've lost to two of the teams. But prior to the season and what we fought on Twitter and social media and, you know, backlash to the pundits that picked the Bills and the Bengals and other teams before us and thought we were going to have this huge drop-off. And I remember seeing the clips of Bart Scott and, you know, other uh Stephen A. and everybody else on ESPN and Fox talking about the Chiefs would be third best in the AFC West. And and all we kept doing was like, watch and see, watch and see. And then we kept re- reeling off wins, and then we lose to the Bills, we lose to the Bengals. And then we're like, okay, watch and see. Like, <laughs> like those are just two games. And, you know, earlier we lost to the Colts, and everybody thought we were it was the end. We're like, watch and see. And now we finally got to the point where we all knew we could get to And I think we've proved some of those people as having idiotic takes. But at the same time, if we don't finish this, then in a lot of respect, we kind of confirm what they were saying. Um, And I feel like that's the extra chip on our shoulder that we should have. Uh, Maybe that's the extra weight on our shoulders that we have. Uh, But at the same time, if we are going to claim that we're the best, we have the best quarterback, the MVP, the best team, then we got to go show it on, on the top stages. And the top stage is going to be that divisional round and that AFC championship and getting to the Super Bowl. Now, that would be a great – it would be a great ending to a story, losing Tyreek Hill and having all that negativity from the offseason. It would just be a great slap in the face to all those supposed experts. And I'm looking forward to that. Like, I'll be the first one on Twitter. Like, I <laughs> Pulling up old clips, like, receipts. I will <laughs> – I will be that guy. <laughs> uh, yeah, you will not be alone. That is for sure. <laughs> We're talking to Dane and Hughes here on Cody and Gold. Dane, and we've had you on throughout the entire season. And you know, midway through the season, we had talked about Jarek McKinnon. You know, oh, man, he's such a great pass blocker. You know, he's a great pass blocker. Well, we all have found out more and more as this season has gone on. Yes, he's a great pass blocker, but he's a red zone weapon. The guy's got nine touchdowns. He's just the offensive player of the month for the AFC. I mean, how, how can you explain how somebody can go from really not having a a role in the passing game or the running game to now he's extremely important. I feel like for the chiefs to get to the super bowl. I I think it's one of the great stories. It just goes to show you that doesn't matter your draft pick. I mean, let's look at the, the landscape of just our team, Isaiah Pacheco, seventh round pick, a one, two punches, those two guys, and nobody would want them. Like I, uh, Jarek McKinnon, went through free agency, signed late back with the Chiefs. 
Nobody wanted to take him. And yet we not only recognize his talent, we get him back and we utilize his talent to, to full success. Like there's, there's some great stories. You give credit to Brett Veach, Andy Reid, Eric Bieniemy. I mean, the list can go on and on. And I think it's so impressive. Me, I was a seventh-round pick myself. You know, you see guys up on the Ring of Honor when you go to Arrowhead Stadium, Tony Richardson, Deron Cherry, and several others that were either free agents or late-round picks. Like, those are the guys that are kind of near and dear to me because, like, that's the life I lived in the NFL, not to that level. So you always cheer for that kind of underdog, and I think it's really, really cool that uh, we have those kind of weapons and we're utilizing them. I mean, other teams are just relegating some of those late-round picks and free agents to special teams and coverage, and we found a way to use these guys extremely efficiency, efficiently on offense. Danon, how do you think teams – I know this is maybe a better conversation for next week as well, but – how do you think teams will actually approach playing Kansas City defensively this season or this postseason? We knew how they were going to come into the year. We knew how it worked in the postseason last year. But are they going to take that same approach? Because that's why Jarek McKinnon's been so great. Dropping everyone back has made his life super easy. When you take everyone back out of there, they can just check it down to Jarek McKinnon and make things work. Do you think teams will go into the postseason thinking this is still the best plan? I think so. I think when you take Patrick Mahomes' abilities, you take – if you look at some of the perceived negatives. So let's look at some of the perceived negatives of Patrick Mahomes. One is that he wants to go for the home run. He doesn't have the patience to nickel and dime down the field. Now, that's perceived. What we've seen this year is that that's not necessarily fully the case. But if you are scouting him, I feel like – you don't want him to be a quick strike. You don't want him to throw a deep crossing route of 20 yards to Travis Kelsey uh, and Travis run for another 20 after that because he's breaking tackles and weaving. So you make him, for the best way you can, make him go 15 plays plus. Like To me, that would be the defensive strategy that I would employ. And occasionally, when I see Jared McKinnon in the game, like, I have a spy on him. I have a linebacker that's attacking the line of scrimmage. Uh, you have two outside linebackers, one on each side of the line of scrimmage, that if he exits to the left, there's one guy that's going to uh, take him and the other guy is going to rush. If he exits to the right, the opposite happens. And, but at the same time, you still take away the home run plays. And I think that's kind of a recipe that I wouldn't say is not smart, I don't know if it would work, but I don't know if it's not smart to do so. So, uh, yeah, Jarek McKinnon is, a, is that Swiss Army knife, that player. He runs the ball well. Uh, he catches the ball extremely well out of the backfield. But everybody knows that this offense flows through the abilities and the patience or the aggressiveness of Patrick Mahomes. So you got to dial up your, your defensive plan accordingly. Earlier, Dana, we were going through what we had preseason for the potential Super Bowl in the AFC and NFC title games. I don't know where where you had it breaking down, but if you could revise it, maybe you already nailed all, all four teams in the title games. I don't know, but what what would your AFC and NFC title games look like as the playoffs get going this weekend? Huh. Um, I, I do feel that the Bengals or the Bills will be upset. Um, 
by the time we get to the AFC championship. Like, I don't feel like it's going to be chalk and it'll be the Bills versus the Chiefs. I just okay. don't feel like that. I feel like one of those teams is going to lose one of these weekends. Um, so I do believe it'll be the Chiefs. And depending on how durable Jalen Hurts is, I could see it being the Eagles, which would be really cool when you think about the Kelsey brothers, their podcast, and now they – and Andy Reid and – obviously the history in, in Philadelphia to have that matchup in the Super Bowl. Uh, but if it's not the Eagles because of Jalen Hurts, because I have really obnoxious family members that are Dallas Cowboys fans, <laughs> it's tough for me to say Dallas Cowboys. Um, uh, yeah, I, I guess I'd have, you I'm couldn't... not saying it. But I'm not going to say it, but you can infer what I'm saying. You couldn't convert them to Chiefs fans in your time here? You, you would think after, what, 30 years, <laughs> almost 30 years of being here in Kansas City and playing six years and all the connections and, and them coming out to visit that they would be swayed, but they're just hard-headed and obnoxious. They're typical Dallas Cowboy fans. They're just hard-headed. They believe they're America's team. They haven't won anything in so long, and <laughs> but yet everybody loves them, and they still talk trash, and I talk trash right back to them. So uh, it's kind of that dynamic in our family, but they would not be swayed. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Danon Hughes, former Chiefs wide receiver. Be listening tonight. Players only. Danon Hughes, Sean Barber, 6 o'clock right here on 610 Sports Radio. All right, Danon, we'll be listening uh, uh, tonight. All right, fellas, have a good one. There you go. Dane and Hughes joins us every Thursday here on Cody and Golden. Uh, yeah, last week they had Tom Bali on the show, and uh, tonight they'll be getting ready, obviously, for some football this weekend. Chiefs on a bye, but they'll be talking, I'm sure, about kind of the, the bye week leading up to the, the playoffs and getting ready to, to see who he might be in, might be facing and might be a divisional opponent, L.A. Chargers team, for a third time this year. I don't want that. I think you're in the majority there. I think majority people would rather face the Jags, even though at that point I would argue, well, the Jags would have beat the team you're so afraid, you know, so afraid of playing. So then what does that say about the Jags and Trevor Lawrence, Dude, it's, who's playing like a know, top seven quarterback in football right now? It's a now. clear ranking system. Yeah. We asked 99, if we asked 100 fans, I'm pretty sure 99 would say this is the order in which I want to play them. Yeah. That I would want the Chargers last, the Jags next to last. Then you would go to the two teams, then the Ravens third to last, and then Miami. Like, I'm pretty sure that that's the order in which we're all hoping. We're hoping for the Skylar Thompson upset of the Buffalo Bills this weekend. Then we're hoping for the upset for, I don't know, I don't, they've said if, if Huntley's going to play. It looks like I, yeah, Lamar I think, is I not going to. there's gonna. a chance it's Anthony Brown. I think there's a real so chance. Either Huntley, you know, whatever yeah. third-string quarterback's playing in either of those matchups. And then you're between the two. And some of it is just this. It's not that the Jaguars wouldn't scare me because they just beaten the Chargers. It's that... I'd rather face a team that doesn't know you that No, I got well. you. I mean, I, that team would know you. The Chargers would know you. They've been playing I, twice a year, every year it. for two decades. Yeah, I, I get it. My only thing is if we're going to go with, uh, and I know you're not right there, but if we're going to go with, well, it's hard to beat a team three times. Well, if that's the case, then you should feel great about playing Cincinnati, but you don't. So, sure. you know, <laughs> it's not even that. It's just a team that knows you well and plays you tough. Yeah. I think the Chargers play their best football against Kansas City. It's not always leading to wins, obviously. I, I agree. But it's they the playoffs, play. everybody. I'm, I'm, at this point, I think everybody's up for everybody. But I, I'm, I'm with you. In the regular season, the Chargers' best games are usually against the Chiefs. But anybody in the playoffs, I, I would like to think everybody's best shot is coming uh, when there's a trip to the Super Bowl on the line and you know playoff success and playoff wins on the line. We talk about legacy all the time for players. The big knock on Herbert was he hadn't made the postseason. Now he's in it. And now there's slight, ever so slight favorites 
over the Jags, who did beat the Chargers earlier this season. 38-10. But, Her- but Herbert was coming off the the rib injury. Remember, he took he just got done playing the Chiefs yeah. in, in week two. And no Bosa, and it was when the Chargers were playing bad football. I've seen I, a, I don't think that's one of those yeah. games, like, I don't think I'd look at that game and be like, that's going to tell me who I'm wins this you. one. Like, I don't think so. I see a lot of people already, you know, digging into numbers now. We know the neutral site uh, is going to be Atlanta if the Chiefs play the Bills in the AFC title game. And that was uh, Mahomes is 8-0 in domes um, prior to uh, to this season, right? So, because I... Bink just tweeted at us. He said, Mahomes is a no in domes. I don't believe that's correct. Wait, he's tweeting at us? Oh, and texting. Mahomes. Did he lose in a dome this year? Well, the Colts game. So Bink is tweeting and texting at the same time? Am I? He says retractable two and one. I don't believe the Colts stadium is retractable. Is it? Well, why wouldn't? Is it or is it? Well, why wouldn't Bink just Uh, text? It is retractable. Colts one is retractable. Is that cheating? We're now true domes. Oh yeah. What are we doing? We're we're (laughs) now separating dome from retractable. And don't you guys kind of dome? And don't you guys think that Bink should just either text or tweet? Like not do both at the same time. Like that is that's overload. Like it's like sending no, an email and Nick, texting and Nick, calling and tweeting. It's been a rough day for you. You're not happy. You're not in this group chat. This is where actually you're not in the group chat. Remember? Wait, which is this a new group no, chat? No, this is the one you're not. Cody's Cody's seeing the text. I think. Oh, with uh, all I just of pulled the six ten employees. By the way, best decision. <laughs> like that's why 2023 is going to be the best year of my Mom's, life. Is not being wait, in that Nick, godforsaken just, group just chat. Just real quick, what's it like to not be a team player? Oh, you know, it's to be great. against to everybody. be a maverick, to do whatever I want. <laughs> it's awesome. It's awesome. I'm a cavalier. I I walk to the beat of my own drum. I am a trailblazer. By the way, you know who else is not in that group chat? Steven Spector, a.k.a. our boss. I think our boss didn't want to be in it because he likes to separate the, himself. Yeah, from, you know, yeah. And also, no, he literally said the same day that I asked out, he said, my New Year's resolution is to be removed from this group chat because he feels I the exact I, same way about it that well, I, I do. It I think it's pointless. understandable why he didn't want to be in to Cody. I think what Cody was trying to, to get to is him being the boss. He didn't want to be part of the conversations that some of us were having in the group chat. Yeah, it's great. Like, it's, and you th- So you think you're the boss too then? So no, you think it's the same thing? I think that I don't need to hear incessant sports takes that I already hear on the radio and then have like Bob Fesco shilling his t-shirts to me on the side. <laughs> Uh, anyway, no, but to big to big point, I guess in the text. So yeah, if we're gonna separate, if we're gonna separate domes and retractables, Mahomes is eight no in domes, two and one in retractables. I just put indoor stadium all in one category. Personally. Well, then he's ten and one, which is also yeah. a good record. Uh, Josh Allen six and zero oh in domes, two and two in retractables. Okay, so <laughs> and Mahomes is first NFL preseason game. Well, that one, he threw that ball like eighty-seven yards in the air. Gold, you feeling? You feeling? You getting a little sick? He, I, I think he is sick. Been sick all week. Oh, I already, yeah, a congestion. Yeah, do I sound nasally? Yeah, a little, little uh, nasally. Today. Not, not too bad though. I wouldn't yeah. have noticed. But you, but should we go? Should we do <laughs> trash? Or a lesser man? I wouldn't have. Yeah, do we should we do trash of the day now? Or do we give I Nick his notes? I think. Well, we, it depends. We can do notes. Although the text line has suggested. That the trash of the day is Nick today because of wow not picking the chi- picking the Chargers over the Chiefs. <laughs> and You're also, the trash. And also because <laughs> next Friday, we obviously are having a Red Friday show at Rally House, and we're excited to have Michael Massey and MJ Melendez co-host the 1 o'clock hour commercial free with us. For those of you asking, yes, that was the announcement at 10.05. Um, but Vinny Pasquantino was going to be part of it. And then after Nick's comments yesterday, Vinny said he's out. So... That's why Nick is the trash of the day slash now Nick's notable notes. So I the am. trash of the day brought to you by Nick Schwartz, a human piece of trash. Okay, wow. that's okay. actually a low blow. 
That's that's too far. So you're lumping me in with like Deshaun Watson and Greg Hardy. Uh, well, in fairness, wow, God, Hitler. What the hell, man? Those are. Would you not? Would you not consider those to be human pieces of trash? I don't think you're like. No, I would not love you with that grouping of people. Okay, well then, take it back. I take it back. I'm sorry that I don't pander to our listeners. I think too highly of our listeners to just automatically do something that oh, they're going to lap up like a bunch of puppy dogs. Now. No, 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 <laughs> no, 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 no. I get, I am, I am my that. true. You're doing the same un- thing I'm right myself. now. You're doing the same thing. No, I'm myself, man. I. <laughs> you're doing the same thing right now. This isn't a bit, okay? This is who I am. This is what I believe. I don't just pick the Chiefs just so everybody can pat me on the back and say, way to go, Nick. You're the best. I go with my gut, and my gut tells me Chiefs don't have Super Bowl vibes this year. They're a good team, great team, maybe the best team. Not a Super Bowl team, though. The hell does that even mean? Gotta have Super Bowl vibes. Good team, great team, maybe the best team. (laughs) No Super Bowl vibes. (laughs) You gotta have Super Bowl vibes, dude. The vibes aren't there. But but yet the Chargers... No, who the Chargers lost. I, it, who I, tried, I, no. The Chargers, though, who won in who, who lost in Week 18 uh, and tried to play the Broncos and lost. Stop. They have Super Bowl vibes fake right news, now. Peel, fake peel, news. Peel behind no. the curtain here. You said you said you're taking the Chargers to go to the AFC title game. Not the Super Bowl. Vibe. But you, you're telling the Char- you're saying the Chargers are going to beat the here's, Chiefs. Here's yeah. The well, what's the matter if they go to the AFC Championship well, there, game or lose in the first? I, I had already started no, working. I had already started working on a song for Chris Jones and his need to get a playoff sack. I had been working on this song actively. I thought it was important to do this. But now you're going to make me make a different song. Quit this one and choose a song called Super Bowl Vibes. You're going to make me oh, do this. Dude, that's actually a good You're going to make me abandon vibes. my other song that I'm already actively working on. Why are you acting like this is a bad thing? And instead do Super Bowl you Vibes. You left your own devices sometimes come up with terrible songs. So let me help you Maybe on the two road songs. of inspiration. What about two songs next week? Super Bowl Vibes and the Chris Jones one. Yeah. Is the song going to be about the Buffalo Bills? No, it's going to be about the Chiefs oh, okay. Super Bowl okay. Vibes. okay. okay. I, mm. My bad. Now pee about the. That's my notes. bad. <laughs> what notes do you have, Nick? Well, it's, Wait, are these notes or are we doing trash? That was trash. Let's just do, do you notes, have notes later today. Do you have you any? You were parlaying trash any, of the you day. You didn't have any notes prepared. I, I guess. do, but we only have three minutes before the break. No. I, two minutes before the break, actually. Let's I would do it like, in the noon hour. Text line says Nick is showing his Denver bias. I tend to agree. <laughs> what does this have to do with Nick, Denver? Nick has been distracted by the news that Sean Payton is going to have an in-person interview with the Broncos. I understand it's a big day for you, uh-huh. Mr. Denver, but we're we're not in. We're we're talking Chiefs today. You were backing your guy Quinn Miners, who hates the Chiefs so much that you had to choose the Chargers. This is true. No, I didn't. I'm not choosing the Chargers to go to the Super Bowl. I'm just. I, but they I, have Super Bowl vibes. Okay. Here's the thing: yeah. if I don't think the Chiefs are going to <laughs> the Super Bowl, what's it matter where I choose them to lose at? I mean, it does matter. Why, like, why does uh, it matter? You though? think a wild card exit or a divisional round exit is the same to going to five straight AFC? To me, games? it is. To me, it mm. is. Okay. Okay. And that's who I'm concerned about here. Me. <laughs> oh, clearly. <laughs> clearly. Per usual. So that was his timeout for Nick. Fifteen minute violation. 15-minute violation of what? Radio conduct. I violated 15. Uh, no, men are saying that you mic off for 15 minutes. <laughs> Done. <laughs> <laughs> Someone pointing out, I mean, this show is the show that stood up to Carrington and put him on a billboard for his constant Chargers backing. Charger dot vibes. You're going to make us, I mean, Nick, you know, like there's no like Charger. No. Nick, it doesn't, nothing no. works there, but like no. are you just going to make us put your face on a billboard with the Chargers logo next to it? We don't want to do that. Nobody it, wants that. If that is as good of a bit if, that you guys come up with, which is recycling one from last year, that's fine. Go for it. You know what? If that's all you guys can can do, that's fine. 
But you better be prepared for repercussions. I will come back at you twice as hard. And remember, you guys are the two bozos who picked the bozos? Chiefs to beat to lose to the Bills in the regular season. And they did. It's not about being right. They lost that game. Okay, so, so is it correct being, prediction? Okay, so is it about being correct or is it about just being a good Chiefs? No, but fan? you're acting like it's a negative to to pick and you them guys in the have already established yourselves. I don't know a dozen different times across the course of the season as yeah. not being true Chiefs fans like myself. How? No. Yes, I'm a big. I am the best Chiefs fan of the bunch. You said you don't even like going to Arrowhead. What I love. Ta- what are you talking about? I don't like going to Arrowhead. You said that multiple times. You said you'd rather just stay at home. That's a lie. You're making stuff no, up now. I don't think so. He has been to Arrowhead many times this year. Yeah, I've I'll been to like, like five. I've games? been to like uh, four, games? four, four Chiefs games this year. Hmm. That is more than. And me. when I go, I sit in the cheap seats. No, you don't. No, you can't even see the. True. You can't even see the field from where I sit. It's Meanwhile, you true. guys are in the sweet club. Eating I caviar. Sat, I haven't sat in a suite all year. <laughs> Just the one time. Snapping your fingers at waiters. Cody's actually the only one on the show that sat in the suite at a Chiefs game this year. Just want to point that out. It Club speaks level? to my. It speaks to my oh, yeah. influence. Club level. Yeah. That's the suite area. Tell you what. Suite. Suite. Tell suite. you what. That ain't the club I want to be in. This feels like this whole week has had Friday vibes. We have been derailed too many times. I'm I'm blaming Nick. Yeah, that's a good idea. Coming up next, Chiefs Red Half Hour. The dollar amount that was uttered yesterday on the drive from a salary cap expert in regards to Chris Jones had us thinking quite a bit about the future. We'll get to that next. You're listening to Cody and Gold, brought to you by Gan Asphalt and Concrete. For asphalt, concrete, and parking lot maintenance, Gan Asphalt and Concrete. One contractor, all things parking lot. Trusted in Kansas City since 1994. Online at gannasphalt.com. Don't miss Alex's That Betting Show every Thursday night at 7 o'clock. Right here on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. Chiefs Kingdom. This is Mitch Holtis, and welcome in to the Chiefs Red Half Hour on Cody and Gold. Every day at 1130 on your official broadcast partner, the Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Chiefs Red Half Hour brought to you by Greenway Ford. It's a new day, a new way at the all-new Greenway Ford. Thanks again, Dayton Hughes, for joining us. Cody, once again, is... Gone back to the soda diet and the Doritos. Yeah. If you're watching yeah, the video thing. stream, well, in fairness, I, I, you know, I took plenty of time. I didn't leave anywhere. Mm-hmm. I don't know that I need to be harassed for that. Mm-hmm. Wait, we get, see, now, I am happy for you that the pro- propels back. There's only like one bottle left. God, you've already almost capped it. They only stock five of them, so that's only one week. Yeah, that's fair. And it's done. I thought you were going to go buy some from Amazon. We looked at. I, I never bought it. No, that would have been a nice gift. Is that what we should have been a nice birthday? Gift. That would have been a nice birthday. Gift. Nick, should we have chipped in and got Alex a case of Propel for his birthday? I've told not him, really. I, told I didn't him. get anything for your birthday. So I I sidebarred Alex earlier this week. I pulled him aside, and I said, "Gold, you know, if if you really want to walk the walk about uh, you know saving the planet." You could just buy the Propel packets from the store instead of buying a Propel bottle every single day. The packets, especially the mango flavor, which is my favorite, is not the same, man. I'm going to have a nice sip of the mango flavor. What's the problem? What do you mean it's not the same? It's the same ingredient. No, man. It's something something good. (laughs) No, man. He's done the science. (laughs) He's like shaking his head. He's done blind taste tests. Matter of fact, let's prove him wrong. 
I think that we could do a blind taste test oh, on this show, oh. and I don't think he'd be able to tell the oh, difference. Oh, dude, you go, I don't okay. think he'd be able to tell the difference between that propel in a cup. If, if you or can the find it tomorrow, tomorrow, fine, tomorrow, we'll do it tomorrow. Good luck. I honestly don't think they make the mango flavor in a packet. Look it up. If you can oh. find, if you can find mango packet, do it, and you guys can do the blind test. And if it tastes the same, then great. I've saved myself a ton of money in the future. Otherwise, I don't. I don't know if they do. Wait, you only? But you only drink mango. It's my favorite. I'll do the berry every once in a while, but mango's the flavor. Okay, I like well the then most. let's do. Then let's do. We'll do a taste test of the berry. I mean, okay. I can't. Fine. If we can't do it, then we need to find okay. what we can All right. do. All right. That's fine. Can you go to the store tonight, Nick? Can you pick <laughs> these things up? <laughs> I was hoping you could do it. I'm busy till like eight. I'm gonna go to the grocery store at eight. Fine, I'll do it. I'll do it. I didn't even say anything the second time. Yesterday uh, on the drive, they had Mike Gennetti on from Spot Track and does a great job. Their whole site is the resource. I don't know, Cody, how many times a, a season we pull that up to get an idea of, you know, what, what everybody's making when there's rumors about free agent signings and trades and all things like that. And CDOT had him on to talk about what it might actually take financially for a new Chris Jones contract, which is something that is going to be required either from the Chiefs or somebody else this offseason, a career year. Here's what Gennetti had to say about what we could be talking about. He's approaching Aaron Donald territory, even mathematically, man. It's uh, just pumping out the algorithm. I get him close to $29, $30 million per year. So we're talking somewhere in that four for 120 you know, or three for 120, 30 million a year type contract. That's the, uh, that's what the math says. I'm not sure if that's something the chiefs can be right now uh, because they've got some team friendly deals kind of spread around that roster, but that's just what the production looks like over the past two seasons for Chris Jones. The dollar amount, if that's what is being projected is understandable. I mean, the guy is coming off a career year, 15 and a half sacks. It's not that this is different than the Orlando Brown conversation where Orlando Brown Jr. wanted to be the highest paid left tackle. And he's not he's, the best left he, tackle he's in the not, NFL. He's not even a top five. He's an above average tackle. He's 10th to 12th, okay? Yeah. Whereas, like Chris Derek Carr quarterback. whereas Chris Jones is the best interior defensive lineman right now in football. So him asking to be paid like that, understandable. Now, it doesn't mean the Chiefs are going to be willing to do that, but it's understandable. Someone certainly will be able to do that. And I just think it's going to be a really complicated scenario to see play out after this postseason, and I do think the postseason factors in a little bit. You know, if he gets his first playoff sack and he's a huge factor on the way to winning a Super Bowl, I think the Chiefs might just have to, you know, bite the bullet. The problem is they have shown, at least on the offensive side of the ball, we haven't seen them have to have this dilemma on the defensive side, but on the offensive side of the ball, they basically have shown us that if you're not Mahomes and you're not Kelsey, you're not going to be the highest paid at your position. Not going to happen. Will they do that on the defensive side because we all know you know, you can lose Tyreek Hill and still be the number one offense. Can you lose Chris Jones and not be a bottom five defense you know, if you lose him? You know, It was obviously pre-Mahomes at his peak, and it was when he was at cheap because they did make Frank Clark the highest paid, essentially, at his position at defensive end, even though he was never the best defensive end in the NFL. He wasn't a top five one either. My thought here is you have done – Here's the, the there's one thing that stands in the way, and I think that might be H, which we can talk about here in a minute, but – there's one thing that stands out to me, which is you've done enough of the Patriots way. You can afford one. You let Charvarius Ward go. There's no guarantee you're going to sign Legarius Sneed. You let Tyree Kill go in a trade. You have not paid any big free agent wide receiver. Like you have let plenty of guys walk in free agency. 
The only guys you can argue that you've overpaid for after Mahomes got paid is Joe Tooney, who is the best left guard in the NFL based on pro football focuses ratings, at least from a pass blocking perspective. You can afford to pay one, right? Because Kelsey, this is the thing that always stands out to me is Kelsey is what actually makes this possible. Mahomes helps them out, right? He essentially takes 90 cents in the dollar too. But Kelsey takes 90 cents in the dollar on tight end contracts, which is 50 cents on the dollar for top wide receiver money. Like, he is so cheap for a number one weapon. This is the time I do it. The one thing that stands in the way for me is the Chiefs have proven one thing in their era of bread feet, which is they pretty much don't want to pay anyone over the age of 30. The Chiefs only have a handful of players currently, currently on their roster over 30. And they're all like backup quarterbacks and backup tight ends. It's like Blake Bell and Chad Henney. No one's over 30. There's like, I, I don't know what it is, like six, seven guys. Yeah, they're one of the youngest teams in football, actually. They are. So they don't pay anyone over 30. Will this be the line in the sand? But to me, it's like if you can get a four-year contract done with Christian, so one plus three. If it's a three-year extension, if you can talk him into that, then they're there. The problem I'm, I'm worried about is somebody's going to offer him five. If you offer Christian's five years, you're done. Well, nobody else can. Good news is unless the Chiefs uh, give him permission to do so, nobody else can offer him a damn thing. He's still under contract. No, I know, but... We understand that, you know, you start shopping yourself around. You understand what other teams are willing to give well, you. They'll know, I, what the market, know, they'll know what the market is, but they they literally can't shop them around until the Chiefs. They can't talk to no, other I teams. No, I understand. Tyreek Hill wasn't talking to Miami until the Chiefs said, hey, we're giving you permission to go seek a trade because we're not giving you what you want to get. But that, but if that's the way it works out, if they tell Chris Jones we're not going to give you a four for 120, then he's going to get a sense of the teams that will pay him more money. And I, I don't know. I mean, I, I think that neither side is necessarily wrong. Let me put it the this way, I guess. It's like it's not Chris Jones is not the wrong for saying, I'm going to go get the biggest contract I'm capable of getting. It's fine. Tyree Kill did the same thing. It's also great when you get the players like Travis Kelsey. One's not different than the other. I understand the circumstances are different for every single player. I don't, I don't think that one guy is doing it differently or wrong. The question will always be, are you willing to take a little less money to hang out with Patrick and Mahomes and, and win all the time? And that's a, we don't have that answer. You know what I mean? That's, that no. is the big question. And, I, and nobody knows that other than than Chris Jones, and his answer might be different, Cody, depending on how this postseason goes. If he gets ring number two, does that make it easier for him to say, you know what, I just want the money? Or in a weird way, does it make it harder where he's like, man, how many can I rack up? I got Mahomes. How many can I rack well, he up? He was the one, remember, um, in that after that Super Bowl, we sat right next to Chris Jones, and he was the one who had said, he, he essentially went LeBron. Well, not one, on, not two. On this, I'm on this show, too. It was yeah, both. He, like, yeah. doubled down on yeah, it. Yeah, he came on this show. And but said it's it. like, not one, not two, not three, not four, not five. Like, he, he's mm-hmm. the one who had said that. If that, it's hard. Because people are motivated differently by money and rings, titles and chains. Like, those things motivate people to a different – and there's – for almost anybody, there's like a threshold. It's like, hey, Gold, I know you like working in terrestrial radio, but you are going to host a new show, and only one person watches it a day, and it's in this guy's basement, but he's going to pay you septuple what you make now. You'd be like, I think I might go host that guy's show in the basement. Even though no one will ever hear me speak any of this into existence – I'm just going to do it because the money's there. Like, I, it's hard to say what that line is for every player. What do you guys think about where he will be at in three years, at the end of that contract, right? That's He's 28. Absolutely part of the He'll equation. He'll turn 29 this offseason. Mm-hmm. How many more years do you feel like Chris Jones can maintain this level and of this, play? This Four? Is- three? Yeah, I'm more on the th- I'm more on the three than the four. I don't, I'm not so confident that four years from now, just for he's what it's a worth, double digit sack guy in four years. For what it's worth, Aaron Donald had his worst year. Now, well, injuries, that whole team was a mess. Yeah, yeah the team was a mess. Yeah. Didn't have a ton to play for. He only played eleven games, five sacks. But he's in his age thirty one season, and I'm not saying that that means 
Chris Jones only has two good years left, but it just goes to show like Aaron Jones, Aaron Donald was the defensive player of the year last year and saw a big drop off. Now he could come back next year and be great again, but the thing is, Aaron I think Donald you take was the time ch- about retiring too, yeah, right in, in the off season. I think you take that chance. It's similar to the Frank Clark deal. You only got two good years out of the Frank Clark deal and the next two stunk. They got the Super Bowl, so you don't care. A lot of the Chris Jones thing, the, the does this deal work will come down to the same thing it does for Kansas City all the time. Do they win a Super Bowl when Chris Jones paid? It's all we'll care about because then the money will be worth it. We still don't like sit on this airway. Like we we talk, we've spent more time complaining about how the Breland Speaks trade uh, draft pick went than the Frank Clark deal because they won a Super Bowl. So I, you know, yeah, I got problems with Frank's play now, maybe. I don't care that they made the deal, they won a Super Bowl. Like, for Chris Jones, if they win it, if I'm the Chiefs, it's easier. If they win the Super Bowl, it's easier. I got two. I'll just keep shifting and moving and doing these things, and I'll just keep playing the cards and the game and do all this. I I think it's easier if you've already got the two. Because you've got two, you're one of seven quarterbacks, what, right? Seven or eight quarterbacks in NFL history with multiple rings? Like, you're already in rarefied air. So, I I mean, I... I don't know. Gennetti it's, it's a lot of money. Did also uh, talk about the trade possibility, right? Like, yeah. And he, he's, this is his answer to whether or not the Chiefs should actually consider trading him. Uh, it's a great question. You've got to keep this guy. Uh, the trenches are too important to these contending teams, both sides of the ball. You saw what they did offensively on that offensive line, and it worked out really well this year. You don't let a guy like this walk away unless you have a replacement ready for him. So I think the, the multi-year extension happens. Uh, somewhere around that $25 million per year that we're talking about. So that's his prediction on what happens, and that's the thing. Like They don't, they have, they don't have a replacement. They don't. You can, be, you can be excited about Carl Loftus, which we all are. You don't, you don't have a replacement for that 15-and-a-half sacks that you're getting this year. And as we know, it's not just about the 15-and-a-half sacks, Cody. It is how disruptive he is on those plays when he's not getting sacks as well. And how many of Carl Loftus' sacks are also in some part because of the play of Chris Jones? And all of a sudden, if you're a defense and Chris Jones isn't there, you're not doubling teaming. You're not double teaming Chris Jones. All of a sudden, everybody else's job gets a lot more challenging. So these are, this is going to be a huge offseason question. I mean, if Orlando you love Karloftis well. too, it might change your opinion. Like if you think Karloftis is a 12 sack guy over the next two years, then I don't know. Maybe that swings your vote. It just seems like as hard as they've worked to get two capable pass rushers. Man, they're always bringing guys in. They're making trades. They're trading for Frank Clark. They're paying him $100 million. They're using first-round picks. They're doing, they're, getting, like, they're doing whatever they can to generate a pass rush and then be like, you know what we're going to do? Get rid of our best one. You're like, really? And obviously, look, you're going to get probably a first and a, you know, what, a first and a third for him. I would say whatever, whatever the Chiefs got for Frank Clark, that's uh, about the asking price for Chris Jones. Because what did uh, the Broncos tra- – how old was Bradley Chubb? And he just got a new – Younger. And, and he – hasn't been as effective the last year as Chris Jones has. Um, but they, the Broncos got a first and a f- 26. So he's younger. First and a fourth? Yeah. I don't think asking for a first, first and a round, third. I think you can get a first. I think you can go first and third. I know he's Chris I know, Jones is a better player than I know Chris, Yeah, exactly. I know he's older, but he's he's coming off a 15 and a half sack season. He's two years older, but he's he's had a much Someone better says, career, I guess, to this point. How many of Jones' sacks are because of Carl Loftus? I'll, I'll go ahead and say most of – I'll say it's more I'd so on the other yeah. yeah, how many of Carl Loftus' So he's just – yeah, Chris Jones been swimming in George's w- yeah, wake all year. Yeah, come on now. Oh, there's like 70 saying, sacks he had up to this moment. Those were fluky. And now yeah. Carl Loftus is really booing those that's what it was. That was. That's what it was. It wasn't It wasn't Chris Jones and Joe Cole working. It was that if, when they drafted Carl Loftus, suddenly Chris Jones saying, became a career sack guy. Do again. Chris Jones' sacks go up a little bit because he has a capable pass rusher? Yeah, that's just how this works. Of course. But that's like a two-way street. Sure, 
Chris Jones had his other 15 and a half sack season when he had another capable pass rusher somewhere near him. Bradley Chubb did have 12 sacks his rookie year, but he just got traded this season after four more years after that, having never accomplished more than eight. I mean, Chris Jones' value and his positional value. People do value defensive end, but interior defensive pass rush exists almost nowhere in the NFL. It exists really in the hands of Chris Jones and Aaron Donald. And for a while, Fletcher Cox, right? It was just these like small handful of players that did that consistently. I would think you'd get a first-round pick. I don't oh, think because if it's a third, then what are you doing? You, you know, might you, as well franchise him and play him for a year. You you don't you're not tra- you're not trading him unless you know you're getting a first. And there is like Cam Hayward too, who's like 34 years old and a physical freak. Yeah, sure. He's never been the best at his position, but he's always been one of the best. And if you knew you were the, getting that production for four more years, I don't even think you you know second no second thought whatsoever. Yeah, it's just like what could you lock in? Cam Hayward's had double-digit sacks each of the last two seasons, and he's yeah like an. Older now to player. our point, to our point about like benefiting from someone else, he also has a guy Watt. named T.J. Watt <laughs> on that same defensive line. That is, them. you know, yeah. T.J. Watt is an older version of Carl Loftus. Of Carl Loftus, true. But yeah, but both true. white edge rushers, gold. Oh, true. Good point. Good point. Thank you. Oh man. Also, Cam Hayward's only making sixty-five million over a four-year deal. It's a little bit different dollar amount than what we're talking about for Chris Jones. Double. It's like double. Well, they got a good deal on him. <laughs> Unfortunately for you, at the time you're going to have to pay Chris Jones, there's not, not going to be deals to be had here. He's going to get paid by somebody. I don't know. Of like, course, yeah. We don't know Chris Jones well enough to know if he's going to be motivated by the money or not. Nick, do you know him well enough? I know him well, but I don't know if I know him well okay. enough. Neither, I don't either. I don't know well enough either. I don't get a sense with him. Like, we know Orlando Brand Jr. is about the money. With Chris Jones, I don't think he's ever made that I mean, clear. Public, I don't think he cares about pub- money at all. Publicly. <laughs> Material goods. Publicly. Doesn't even matter. Like, here's the difference. So Orlando Brown Jr. publicly has said, I want to be the highest paid left tackle. Chris Jones, the only thing publicly he's ever said, going back to his last negotiation. Super Bowls. Super Bowls and that he wants to stay in KC. Okay? He's publicly, he hasn't said anything about the money. Now, you, I think uh, the first, what, two, we were just two or three years ago having this very similar conversation about Chris Jones. Remember, he was tagged and nothing happened. Nothing happened. It seemed like he wasn't going to get signed. And, and then he was just signed. sending, the, it was like the normal cryptic tweet season where you're just like, you never knew what he was saying. Because that's say, when we had him on the show. Yeah. It was after the Super Bowl, but we also had Chris Jones on right after he signed that contract. I remember that day. It was when we were one of the first, I don't know, six months of the he show. He made it very clear. He didn't, I mean, he got paid a lot of money, but he wasn't the highest paid interior defensive lineman at that time. Ooh, yeah. Someone said, what about if we promise to continue to give him snow cones? Does that help in the Does that sweeten the deal? Talk to Brett. Get Brett Veach on the phone. And hey, if you more snow cones. What else does he want to camp? We'll help the deal. If he's sick of the snow cones, we'll figure out something else to give Chris to keep him in KC. Maybe you can shed $10 million off the price because we give him snow cones. Do you guys think that behind the scenes, though, maybe Chris Jones is iterating a lot of those things? Snow cones? Yeah, yeah like I saying, like, so. hey, I'm not going to go public with this, but I need more snow cones. Yeah. So I mean, you're going to need to talk to your radio this. partner? You guys so, knew this by now. All I know is there were other Chiefs fans that started giving him snow cones as well. So, And Cody was very upset that day. You know, a lot of people don't know this, but they don't have snow cones in a lot of the other NFL cities. That's true. Yeah, you go to training camp. You go to training camp for the. <laughs> Make Buff- sure he knows that now. You go to training camp for the Jacksonville Jaguars. There's no snow cones. Those things are melting immediately no. too. No. All the time, year round. He would hate it there. Too hot. Yeah. Way too hot. St. Joe all the time. You just think there's a temperature level in which oh, to yeah. enjoy it? Oh mm-hmm. yeah. Well, it's humidity. Dude, you got to be able to eat it before it melts the whole time. That's true. And, and last year was pretty temperate up in St. Joe. We'll Tem- take it. Temperate? Temper- I was going to say temperate. Stop. <laughs> temperate. Dude. 
What did I do wrong here? Just let me live. You said temperate. <laughs> Just trying to be a part of the conversation. Sorry. Chris Jones could have as many snow cones from this show as he wants. I'll look into getting him his own snow cone truck, and he can, you know, have his own spot up there. It's just his. Mm-hmm. Doesn't even sell any. It just is the flavors he likes. I don't remember what he said he liked. He said whatever. He was I not yeah. particularly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He wasn't too picky. Decide now if you're going to pay him four for one twenty gold. I don't have to decide now. Cody, remember earlier this week? going to change it? Cody, earlier? Yes. Earlier this week, you vowed that you were no longer going to <laughs> be the one way. to talk first in awkward silence. And you just, and that was an all-timer there for the past 45 <laughs> seconds. Because yeah, Nick, Nick was talking to me at the whole same time in my year, the whole time you were talking. Like, he, talking. Told, he told me to be quiet so we could just see how long you would keep talking. You just kept saying, mm-hmm. I was like, okay. And I think even Gold was like, there's no point because he'll just go for the rest of the I show. I just want to see if he was going to get into a deep conversation about all the different climates we have in the world. The tundra, uh-huh. polar. No, I didn't think so. What is your favorite continental, climate? Temperate. What's your favorite ecosystem? I'm not doing this part of the conversation. I don't have a favorite ecosystem, but thank you for checking in. He's trying to deflect. Oh, dude. The desert's my favorite ecosystem. Mm-hmm. Chiefs red half hour, believe it or not. Oh, oh yeah? Yeah. Playoff time this weekend, multiple games starting on Saturday. And the one thing that's very noticeable if you're looking at the AFC in particular, we, we've focused on the quarterbacks, but what about the, the coaches? You know, go through. This weekend alone, we can obviously know Andy's sitting on the sideline this weekend, and then he's got the number one seed for next week. But first matchup, you got Mike McDaniels and Sean McDermott. A little bit later on in the postseason, you got Harbaugh against Zach Taylor. It's funny how quickly Zach Taylor's, everybody's perception of him has changed. You got Brandon Staley against Doug Peterson, who's won, who won a Super Bowl. That's on the AFC side this weekend. I'll tell you right now, I was trying to think about this because this is easily the most difficult coaching field they've gone through. So, like, in addition to it already being the most difficult quarterback field the Chiefs have faced, they will also have to go through what is the most difficult coaching field they'll have to face because there are four Super Bowl appearing head coaches, three Super Bowl winning head coaches, and then a lot of unknowns. Like, we don't know what Mike McDaniel is yet. We don't have the full story on him, but he's managed to keep that team semi-afloat despite being without their starting quarterback for half of the season. And when they had their starting quarterback, things were humming pretty good offensively, which is what he was brought in to do during that time. Now, they got a million weapons, and we know that. The thing that stood out to me, because like that's what you're looking at, or what stands out to me about this group of coaches, other than the, wow, there's a lot of Super Bowl talent in the coaching field in the AFC side, is Brandon Staley is clearly the worst coach. That's why the Chargers don't have Super Bowl vibes. They have, of the entire AFC playoff field, the worst head coach of the bunch. The only other argument you could make is Mike McDaniel. And probably the reason he ranks above right now is he hasn't shown enough to do something wrong other than leave Tua in a game in which he was told he didn't have a, he didn't have a concussion. Outside of that, McDaniel seems like his system had worked pretty well. So Staley, maybe you're warming up to the idea because the defense was finally starting to play better. Then he got his guy hurt, Mike Williams, in week 18 for no reason. Like, he's the worst coach of the remaining AFC coaches. How do you rank out the seven? Because I, I did this earlier, and these are this is the order I had it in for the AFC. Obviously, Reed won. Duh. Yes. I have Harbaugh, two, Peterson, Same. three, McDermott, four, Taylor, five, McDaniel, six, Staley, seven. The only one I thought about flipping was Peterson and Harbaugh. I thought about putting Peterson, two. 
But I do have Harbaugh. I think Harbaugh has consistently been one of the best coaches in the league for a while. Yeah, Harbaugh's been doing it way too long. I, I think he's a top six coach in the NFL. I think he's in that same ilk of like Mike Tomlin as if some team ever got sick of Harbaugh because they didn't like win enough big games or something. You'd be like, you're about to be worse. You're about to definitely for sure be a lot worse at head coach than you are right now. I think that might be my exact order. Staley's definitely last. I would put McDaniel sixth. But I think Zach Taylor, my issue still is there. He got a team through when he did. He absolutely did. Sometimes with coaches before you rank them above. Like I've seen Peterson now take the Eagles to a Super Bowl and he had to switch quarterbacks in the middle of it. He he had Carson Wentz, a guy we largely mocked since then in his best year of his career. He's now taken Trevor Lawrence from the first overall pick last year and what was a laughable situation with Urban Meyer to the postseason and winning the division like – He's proven to me he's got chops. Kind of no matter where you put him, Doug Peterson's going to do some winning. There might be a little bit of problems that come with it, but he's going to do some winning. He's not Harbaugh level, but no matter where. Like, Taylor, it's it's one of those, like, can I see it twice? Like, with Peterson, I've seen it a couple of times. Can I see you do it again? I understand they've had a really good regular season. I do think, though. I want to kind of see it a second the time. The Taylor and, and Staley thing, it's interesting, because I have Taylor 5 and Staley 7. Last year, we would have laughed at that order. Well, it's just that. Between the two of them. It's just that Staley's in the same spot as Zach Taylor was a year ago. Now, Zach Taylor, in fairness, a year ago still won his division, even though he came out of nowhere. They won the division. The Chargers, of course, did not. But if Nick is right and the Chargers end up winning this weekend and they beat the Chiefs and they go to an AFC title game, and then let's just say they upset the Bills, the conversation then on Staley Brandon Staley would have done the exact same thing that Zach Taylor did. But I don't think he's a good enough coach to do that. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. I, mean, I, look, I don't think the Chargers are going to the AFC title game either. So. I don't think he's a laughingstock coach. Look, I don't think he's Nathaniel Hackett or some of these others. I don't think you can not. get a team to 11 wins with injuries and all those things and be a joke. But I think he has very serious flaws. And part of the thing is, in just one year's time, he sold out 30% of his philosophy, which I think normally you would say is a good thing. But, like, he's only selectively aggressive versus aggressive all the time. It seems like... He doesn't know what kind of coach he wants to be yet. That's where my issue with Staley is. He's saying he doesn't want to play players in the preseason because it's useless, but he's playing them in meaningless Week 18 games. He's, he was the most aggressive NFL coach in the year last year. He was, like, mediocrely aggressive this season. It just – his defense is wildly, in, you know, inconsistent in the time of his NFL career, and that's what he's, like, hitched his wagon to. That's, what he, that's how he got the head coaching job he got. I felt like he's employed an offensive coordinator is not good for his coach. It's like all these things just cast a lot of doubt for me. It's not that I can't have doubt on Taylor or not know exactly with McDaniel, but Staley's given me enough reasons over the last couple of years to be like, I'm not sure enough about you to not think you're not going to screw something up in the postseason. And great coaching in the postseason goes a long way. Coming up next, we'll get to what's trending and back into the news today from the NFL. We finally know where the Chiefs, if they have to play in a neutral site, will be playing. Is Cody and Gold brought to you by Gan Asphalt and Concrete for asphalt, concrete, and parking lot maintenance? Gan Asphalt and Concrete, one contractor, all things parking lot, trusted in Kansas City since 1994. Online at gannasphalt.com. Don't miss Royals first baseman slash NFL insider Vinny Pasquantino this football season with Cody and Gold. My Twitter is about to unload <laughs> of football tweets. <laughs> First Jets game that I have free on Sunday. It's, it's go time. 610 Sports Radio.